So what actually is alchemy, Melebs? Some of you may have noticed that I have really begun to focus on this word as the focus, the centerpiece of all of my work. And it kind of always has been. I just never really used the word and I never really made the connection. Um, but from this point forward, I will be using it quite a lot. So I wanted to do a podcast specifically on what is alchemy, you know, when I'm using it. What is an alchemical approach to life? And why is it important in this new era that we are moving into? Um, and how does it differ to, or even how, where does it have its similarities to things currently in the spiritual field, community, and the mainstream thoughts when it comes to spiritual growth? We'll see what we can cover in just this podcast, but I wanted to share a bit more about this word, alchemy, because there is just an aura of secrecy, mystique, and kind of misinformation as well around this word. So let's just read out the definition of alchemy when I type in alchemy in Google, and let's go from there, okay? So definition of alchemy, a medieval chemical science and speculative philosophy aiming to achieve the transmutation of the base metals into gold, the discovery of a universal cure for disease, and the discovery of a means of indefinitely prolonging life. So that's very interesting. Now, of course, this is talking about literal alchemy, how alchemy was used um, throughout history, throughout the medieval times here, um, as a literal practice, a literal attempt at transforming substances, okay? With this theme, though, the general theme here with this practice is wanting to achieve immortality, wanting to kind of transcend the limits of the physical world. We're getting somewhere, my loves. <laughs> because this is the essence of alchemy. Now, the way I'm using alchemy in my work, I'm not necessarily talking about it in a physical way, although there is that physical element, okay? Because whatever we transform and alchemize within ourselves, my love, this is a practice that literally can change your physiology because it's all interrelated. But anyways, um, there is this theme of transcending the limits of the physical realm by using the physical realm. See, this is where alchemy begins to differ from the common branches of spirituality where there's this, you know, particularly in Eastern philosophies, get away from the ego, transcend desire, go get to a point where you don't want anything in your life anymore. You don't even want the clothes on your back. You just become this ball of love and light that wants nothing, cares about nothing, and just meditates all day. 
you know, again, I'm probably generalizing. I know there's complexity, but for the sake of, you know, this conversation here, that is the general vibe of Eastern philosophy. Go and research, okay? <laughs> Transcend the ego and don't want anything because if you want things, you're too human, okay? And so there's this element of transcending by getting away from the physical. Get away from the physical. Get away from temptation. Get away from the... the everything in the physical world is looked at. Anything that gives you pleasure, anything that um, puts you more into that instinctual mind it is seen as actually deterring you or straying you further away from a true spiritual path and enlightenment. Whereas in alchemy, there is a recognition that in order to achieve our actualized potential and self-realization, it's an alchemical process between the higher self and the cosmic self and the cosmic forces and the material, the human self, the human forces, the senses. It is not choosing one over the other. It is an alchemy of these two things because neither of them are seen as good or bad. This is the difference in the spiritual world, in these philosophies. There's the spirit world is angelic and beautiful and all good. And the human world, all bad, all temptation, all, you know, it's only good because spirit flows through it. You know, and there's that type of conversation that really makes anything material sinful. It's coming from this energy of the sinful sin. You know, alchemy is not about taking you out of your reality because it's such a putrid place. Alchemy is about turning your putrid reality into gold. Pretty sure that's actually called putrefaction or something like that. <laughs> Look at me. Honey, I don't need to go get a degree in being a scientist. I am a damn scientist, okay? <laughs> um, don't ask me, though, for my qualification, okay? Um, so there is this theme of turning what you have, even if it's literal shite in your physical world, into something better. It's not about pretending it's not shite. It's not about pretending it doesn't exist. It's not about saying, I don't even want the shite. I don't even care about humans. And I just want to go live in a mountain and live in my eternal bliss. No, because that's not going to transform your reality. Because at some point, you're going to have to wake up from the dream. And you're going to have to realize that you did nothing in the physical to alchemize your reality. You did nothing to change what you have into something better. You just took a nap. Okay? <laughs> okay? No, I do not like this energy of the spiritual community in just becoming this place of take a nap, it'll all be better. No, it won't. You've got to work with your reality. And this is where true power comes from. This is where you deal with what you have and how to create. There's all the fun, the magic. With alchemy comes up the archetype of the magician, the magician in the tarot, who has the four elements, the cups, the wands, the pentacles, and the swords laid out in front of him on his table, recognizing that he, she, they has the power to channel and mold these forces into whatever they desire. They're not throwing away the tools and going and sleeping. 
They're not throwing away everything and saying, I don't want to deal with the physical world. The magician knows that this place is ripe with magic and that in everything in the physical, and not just physical, even in the emotional planes and the psychological planes, these are all um, ingredients that can be involved in an alchemical process. Nothing has to be what it is. It can be transformed. It can undergo some type of alchemization. It can expand. This is where the will of the magician, the will you have, your unique frequency, intended upon these objects and forces, here you impress your free will onto these things and transform them. So I don't want to get too deep too quickly, but coming back a little here, everything in alchemy is about awakening your individual power and your individual control over this reality. It is a practice heavily invested in reality. It is not about the woo-woo. It is not about, oh, you know, wait around and see what happens. You can wait after you've done an experiment. With alchemy, it's very evidence-based. You tried to exert this force on your reality. What happened? And you're very conscious about what you are intending. And you're very active in, you know, this process of transformation of what you have into more of what you want. In alchemy, nothing is seen as good or bad. There is no positive or negative emotions. There is no right way to be or right way to live. There is no bias on it's better to be someone who's really um, active in their reality and going for what they want or someone who's just receiving and going in a more introspective phase. These are all part of the laws of polarity which exist in alchemy. Alchemy is founded on this law of polarity because that process of going from one extreme to the other extreme and bouncing between them and the energy that that creates is progressive movement forward. That is the act of creation. That is literally the act of creation. That force. Okay? And those polarities are not seen as good or bad. They're just seen as forces used to create, create something more. Okay? So in alchemy, there is this strong use of polarity. One example of the polarities. Well, in, you know, astrology really helps us see all the different polarities. And, you know, of course, there are probably more. Astrology is just one framework that has been able to capture this essence, okay, of the way the universe literally works and how it creates. And so, and I will be going more into different podcasts, particularly on each of these topics. I'm just giving here um, a bit of an introduction to some of these themes and um, processes that are involved in an alchemical approach to your reality. Um, 
And all of this is under this sense of the magician consciousness. The consciousness that you are a magician. You are able to use and manipulate these forces, these natural forces in the world, these natural polarities to, to receive um, more of what your creative signature wants to create in this life. And what an exciting process to literally discover your creative signature and not have to be someone in a hive mind that just sacrifices everything to, uh, you don't even understand your personality and the magic that's in it. Anyways, another conversation. Back to what I was saying. What was I saying? I was saying about the polarity. I was saying about how astrology with the um, 12 signs of the zodiac, actually here there are six polarities because each zodiac sign um, has its polarity. Aries, Libra, Davros, Scorpio. Each of these polarities, these pairs, these sister signs you may have heard, they are a polarity. They're a polarity of natural forces that exist in this universe. Neither is better than the other. Let's give an example here. And I will probably go into these polarities more, you know, in future episodes. But just an example. And I talked about some of these polarities. I just never called it alchemy in some of these previous podcasts. You know, um, the one that's about uh, when you don't feel like doing something that you should be doing or something like that. <laughs> you know, when you just don't feel like it. I think I had a podcast like that. That whole podcast, my loves, was literally about the polarity of Virgo and, Virgo and Pisces. Okay? This axis which is all about the, the energy of Pisces, is all about going with the flow, surrendering to the cosmos. Okay? This is very much what the spiritual field loves to be in. The blissful escapism of just surrendering to a reality. There is a beautiful time and a place for that. And in the mainstream world, this is actually really necessary because there's been an imbalance with this energy. And so I'm not mad at the spiritual community emphasizing this because it's actually what we need right now. As a mainstream society, we are too much in the Virgo axis of the routines, the, the mundanity of day-to-day -day life and uh, the constriction of time and the, the, the material is so in the foreground that we have no, we're constantly stressed. Our survival system, our immune system, everything that Virgo rules is hyperactive, we're getting sick, we're getting exhausted, we're getting anxious. This is being too much in the polarity of Virgo. Those of you who have strong Virgo energy, be aware of this. I'm sure you're no stranger to this type of experiences. Okay? And our world is too much in the Virgo energy, the Western world particularly. Okay? And that's why there is an importance in bringing more of this Piscean consciousness, which is all about yeah, it is about surrendering the ego and involving the higher self and understanding, you know, um, the natural flow of, the, of cycles and of the universe. But again, that frequency in itself is not the answer to everything. If you're too much there, you completely detach from reality and you detach from the ability to engage with life. You are just a baby. You are just in this eternal cosmic self that has no interest in developing you as an individual. 
And so the only outcome of being too much in the Piscean energy of this polarity is getting detached from reality to the point where you are literally delusional and you're helpless and you're a victim to the forces around you. You have no control. You are subject to whatever the universe is intending for you. And this is a bit of a shocking breakthrough, Mela, for you. The universe doesn't actually care about your individual well-being. <laughs> oh my God, I feel like such a villain when I say these things. But this is a bit of my role in this universe, I do feel, okay? There's been this huge misunderstanding that the universe actually wants what you individually want. That's just not true. That's why your ego always comes into conflict with what the universe wants for you. And with the spiritual community, we've come very adjusted to saying that this, whatever the universe wants for me, or whatever the universe wants, we've become the universe's little biatch. Why? Okay? This endless faith and trust that the universe, you know, is actually going to give you what's best for you. No, because every frequency in this universe has its own agenda. And the agenda of Pisces, the agenda of universal consciousness, which is under the energy of Pisces, its, a, its agenda is to bring everything, to merge humanity together. It's to dissolve the human experience. It's to dissolve your individual desires. That's not going to make you happy, my love. I'll tell you right now in this physical reality. It's a great way to just dissolve completely and literally lose a sense of who you are. But that's not a pleasurable experience to the human, to the human part of you that has pleasures, desires, senses. So the universal, the, what the universe wants for you, it is beautiful. It does give you this sense of a path and a, um, a flow. We need to use what the, the, the rivers of the universe. We need to use that flow or else we're going to always be experiencing resistance. And we're also not going to have access to our spiritual abilities. This is kind of like the, the loan that you get from the universe. You get handed spiritual abilities. You get handed this alchemy that I'm even talking about. It's a cosmic force, right? It's a supernatural force. It's a transcendental force. This is something we're hiring from the universe, but also the universe kind of wants something back. This is always a transaction, my love. Everything in this universe is transactional. When you lean into one polarity, you're going to have to also pay a bit of tax on what that polarity's agenda is. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so the tax of using transcendental gifts from the universe is the universe wants you to, to, in some capacity in your life, to be on a path where you are working towards the um, interconnectedness between you and spirit and to resonate a frequency of compassion, sacrifice, unconditional love. Okay, this is what the universe, the Piscean polarity is all about, which is beautiful. But again, it's not the be all and end all, because if that becomes your be all and end all and you become a slave to the universal consciousness, you will not experience your self-realization in this life. You will become a vessel for everyone to step on you and over you and abuse your endless sacrifice and compassion. That's, the universe loves that, by the way. I, even though you may find that hard to digest, the universe loves you being a sacrificial vessel because that is the least resistance towards what the universe allows the, the cycles, its own cycles to expand and evolve. Okay? So 
This is some of the conversations, my love, when it comes to alchemy. It is not a comfortable conversation sometimes because you have to really take accountability for your own growth and to realize that everything you're working with, every force you are working with, it has its you know, benefits, but it has its tax. It has its great qualities, but it has its residues this accumulation of what you could even call karma. You know, the more you practice unconditional love and selflessness and compassion, the more you're actually creating the karma and the residue. And the, um, it's kind of like what's left behind of your alchemy, which is the sacrificial element, the victim complex, the um, uh, lack of boundaries, just to name a few, of this particular frequency. Okay? So this is something about the law of polarity and the law of kind of residue, karma, you could say. This is really what karma is about, okay? Um, and it's all part of the process, my love, because again, energy, whether it's on the physical or on the mental or on the spiritual, it has to be transformed. Everything goes through, everything that goes through an alchemical process of transformation, it always leaves behind something. There's always residue. There's always byproducts. This is all part of that process. But anyways, I don't want to get too confusing too quickly because I did just want this to be a little introduction. <laughs> um, so let's bring it back, okay? I think that's all I want to share for today. I just wanted to introduce some of these fundamental um, qualities and principles and processes that are involved in an alchemical approach to life. Coming back to what we said in the beginning, how does this all link back to this sense of um, immortality, you know, and the transcendence of the physical form? Because when you have a deep awareness, my love, of these natural forces of the universe, you you inevitably transcend, you do become immortal because it's not about the physical immortality, but your relationship towards things dying completely changes because you realize that nothing dies. It only can become transformed. With everything that dies, there is a rebirth. There is a new beginning. There is an opportunity for new alchemy. That is why this process in itself allows this sense of immortality. Because your relationship to things dying in your life, to whatever that is, parts of you within, things in your life, that job, that relationship, someone you love, all of this changes. Because you see how now that energy has been freed to be repurposed into something that is now more in alignment to what you are ready to experience towards the next level of your evolution. And when you, are, you, you begin to have less resistance against the process of death and rebirth, and when you have less resistance to this, my love, isn't that not immortality? What really keeps us in our mortal shackles and the fear that comes with that, and the, oh, no, I don't trust that there's something on the other side. It's the fear. It's the fear that we don't believe that what, when something dies, it is reborn. 
And this is not woo-woo. This is not, it's literally a process that's observable in all of nature, in literally our lives. Okay? That's the other thing about alchemy. All of its philosophical approaches can literally be observed in nature. So, that process of kind of overcoming the fear of death, the fear of the old skin that you once, you once wore on yourself, the, the, and the excitement now that's replaced with that, the excitement of moving into a new version of yourself, the excitement of shedding your old skin. This, my love, is your immortality. This is you being on an endless ability to evolve. And with every evolution comes greater power, control, and maturity over your reality. And the greater capacity to access levels of magic, power, supernatural ability. That what, what's the exciting part of all of that is, I don't even know. I don't even know what you're going to create. I don't even know some of the magics you could develop on your path because I don't even have your consciousness. There's a mystery that's created out of all of this. There is a return to your free will against the blueprint and the agendas of the universe that we've just assumed is everything we want. No. Why do we come with free will? Because even from the get-go, that even from the story of the Garden of Eden, my love, this is a huge alchemical story, by the way. Eden, literally being the one that used the free will to be like, I want the knowledge. I want the secret knowledge. I want the forbidden knowledge. I don't want to be a slave to the, to the damn whatever the Lord wants for me. I don't want to be a slave to just this is all that exists and, and I cannot be aware of anything else and I can't be aware of myself. My love, Adam and Eve weren't even aware of their own bodies. They weren't even aware of, you know, that self-consciousness that came with them eating the fruit and they became aware and ashamed, you know. We attach shame to that because it's the way that, you know, a religion could control us. The shame that comes with being self-conscious. The shame that comes with being a self-aware person. Really? Anyways, another conversation. I'm just opening all the cans of worms for you, my love, with this introduction. <laughs> to get you a little bit questioning but Eden my love is incredible she was the one and she really represents the aspect of our feminine nature that actually was the wild chaotic questioning force that could never have been controlled by the universal agenda and was always going to seek the forbidden knowledge because she was always using the creative imagination was always going to expand beyond herself what a queen Okay, and thankful to her. And, you know, all, there is an Eden that's in all of us, and she represents this feminine principle of our creative imagination that can go beyond the laws, the limitations, and the obstacles of our reality. Again, another conversation. But let's leave it here, my loves. I am sending you all my love. I am sending you all the magic. And let's play, my love. Let's begin the alchemy.